Refresher Bubble. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other platform podcast that you can get a hold of. I am Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me today. We are here to deliver you the sharpest sports takes. Football could not be more back than it is right now. We break down the weekend of college football and the entire NFL slate. We play a little fraud or squad, and we get a little extraterrestrial on this podcast. Remember to rate, review, and share the podcast with your friends, your family, the lady at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's. Your friends need to know about Berkshire Bubble to get the advantage they need in their fantasy matchups. To have a conversation at the water cooler on Monday, make sure you are telling them about Berkshire Bubble. Berkshire Bubble is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Throwing, the premier axe throwing destination in America, and our partner Hocha Time, where it's more of a mindset than a location. You can always live on Hocha Time. Thank you guys so much for the support and for listening. But remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, it is great to be back in the middle of football. We are watching Sunday Night Football live as we are recording this, Monday Night Football live as we are recording this podcast. You sent a meme into our group chat that I could not disagree more. The battle of mids for these Monday Night games. But Kyler, I think these are two pretty well-fought games. I mean, mid teams though, Josh. These teams are the most mid. As you, I mean, that's the definition of mid is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the and the Cleveland Browns. Josh, Deshaun Watson isn't good at football anymore. Is that is that information? Is that information known to the world? Like, am I am I late to, to learning this? Well, the Cleveland Browns could be two and zero in the division after this game. So I don't know that I would call it, you know, mid teams. If Cleveland Browns go up two zero in the division. I mean, they're the, you know, they're ahead of the Bengals. The Bengals are having to dig themselves out of a hole after week two. Uh, uh, for the second, we'll get into football later, but uh, we'll, we have not mentioned the horrendous injury that happened to Nick Chubb that we definitely wish him the best for, but it looks like that's a season ender for sure. Um, Do not go look Josh, that up if you have a, a, squ- a squeamish stomach because it's one of those that'll get you. Oh, so and and Josh and. It's a, a bad, you know, horrible segue, but it's a good one. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this is our first episode since the Aaron Rodgers injury. Uh, give me your reaction. I mean, it's heartbreaking. I think the one of the most heartbreaking scenes was Aaron Rodgers' reaction to Garrett Wilson when he just said, I'm sorry, young man. You know, he they wanted to play together. He wanted to play with the Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, the connection was already there. He was throwing back shoulder fades just like he did to his previous number 17. I mean, this team was primed to go to a Super Bowl. And then, Kyler, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it a little bit. I, we won't get into it, but after week two, the Jets players are deleting their Twitters, subtweeting at the coaches because they know – with Zach Wilson, the opportunity is not there like it was with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of them getting uh, Jameis? Trading? Uh, it would not. It wouldn't surprise me if they got a quarterback. Uh, Jameis would be an interesting one. Has the the cannon to you know make some offense happen. I, I've seen them linked to Kirk Cousins a lot, so we'll see if that's a possibility. Oh, Minnesota will let him go. Uh, but Zach Wilson did lead them to that win. Josh, um, they're two and zero, and we'll get to that later. Um, no, they're not. But yeah, or I mean, just they're one and oh, one. Yeah, but we will get to it later. Yeah, well, you're right. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is heartbroken for him. 
Um, Josh, I want to talk to you about although, this. You know although, I, I will say, you know, as sad as it is, and I'm definitely not on here to, like, you know, promote an injury or anything like that, the memes and the Lord. TikTok videos that have come out of the situation. See, it was so hilarious. unnecessary to bring up, bro. Quite you're, hilarious. You're, you're promoting them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was you funny. have a platform and you brought it up. <laughs> All right, uh, so Kelly, what's been going on with you, man? Bro, you so I, I want you to answer something for me. You know something you know more about this than I do. The Thunder they they agreed with uh, Oklahoma City to build a nine hundred million dollar at least. They say the the numbers at nine hundred million dollars. The stadium will, and surrounding area will cost at least that. I'm sure um, it's probably going to be closer to one point two if I had to guess. Uh, but keeps the team located in OKC until at least 2050. Huge for the Thunder. Huge for the city. Josh, tell Josh, explain. I mean, I, but I've been seeing a lot of a lot of people going back and forth on Twitter. Tell me, tell me what I need to know. What well, they? I mean, they did pass this, but now it has to go to a vote of the people of Oklahoma City, and that's where a lot of the backlash has been coming from. There's a lot of individuals out there who don't believe that taxpayer money should be what's funding this large of a project for the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying that tax money should go to, you know, just you could run the gamut on what they're saying the tax dollars should go to. And it's on both sides of the political spectrum. I mean, one side hates the NBA because of all the social justice, you know, stuff and it's going too far. And the other side thinks that you could spend it on, you know, just other things like healthcare and education and things like that. But it is a very big economic driver for the city of Oklahoma City. And the leadership knows that. That's why they're investing so much into the partnership with Oklahoma City. There are tons of cities across America that would love to have a team like the Thunder. Seattle's just chomping at the bit to get back involved. And Las Vegas has wanted a team of their own for a long time now. So there's a lot of places that would love to have this team. This is going to be a big investment for Oklahoma City, and it needs to get pushed through. You say Nashville? Exactly. That's a team that would love to have one. Um, Nashville's right along with it, yeah. Not yet. They, they they definitely need uh they need to get that passed. But Josh, nine hundred million dollars in their in the surrounding area. And I think Taylor Peterson made this uh had this tweet. He said, you know, with a stadium like that, with an arena like that, because that's not a stadium, that's an arena. That's another. That's a whole surrounding area. That's that's got connecting hotels. That's got restaurants connected. That's got that's a whole neighborhood that you're building right there. That's that's a place where Taylor Swift stops on her tour. That's a place where Drake will stop on his tour. So that's the, that's the thing that people need to remember when they're when they're, you know, casting this vote when they're going to when they're, when they're going to cast their ballot. Like, do they want these this talent coming to their city? Would they like instead of driving Dallas? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the you know a lot of these big name people are already going to Paycom and they've been going to Oklahoma City for some of these shows. But an upgraded but arena, absolutely. 60, yeah, an upgraded arena with more seating and just a more state of the art is definitely going to bring along everything else that comes with that, and it'll put Oklahoma City in that next echelon or help get them there at least. Absolutely. The one thing I will say that is funny, I think I heard Barry Trammell talking about this on Sports Animal, but what's funny about these stadiums and these arenas is it's state of the art until you build it. As soon as it is built. It is no longer state of the art because now everyone else is looking for ways to 
improve what you just built on. As soon as you drive off the lot. That's exactly right. Well, Color, I know there's something else that you've been right, wanting gosh. to ask me about. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, oh, no, I forgot about the aliens again, Josh. You know about the aliens. So tell, 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 go ahead, give us, give us some political answer. Go ahead. Uh, well, what, what I can tell you is that the uh, I saw on the internet... The <laughs> I, never... He said what I can tell you. This motherfucker is crazy, bro. <laughs> no, I, I just saw... Um, <laughs> I just saw on on the interwebs what everyone else saw with the Mexican officials showing their pictures of uh, aliens, which a lot of people says that it is uh, it was panned as a stunt. It was not so real. It, it was a man presenting at Congress, right? Yes, Mexico legislators. Yeah, it was Mexico's Congress. So it was a legislate a legislator presenting. In, so it was it was a Mexican legislator. So it was Mexico's Congress. Nice. And he was presenting to them and showed them what he said was a body of aliens. There's big nice. talks that uh, aliens are real. You know, right now there's a big push with everything that's just going on in the political world of how uh, you know everything is. They apparently everyone has just decided on the fact that aliens are real. There's been multiple. Uh, pilots and different individuals who have come out and said that they have seen UFOs, they have seen extraterrestrial life, and that it was reported and pretty much just ignored. And But it kind of turned into this thing where everyone acted like they already knew that aliens were real, and they just kept on with whatever was actually going on in the political world, whether that was you know the Hunter Biden stuff or the Trump stuff or whatever you want to point at. They were like, okay, yeah, cool. Aliens are real. We've kind of known that for 20 years. Area 51 is a legit place. Now, why don't you show us the real stuff? Where's the JFK documents and, and where's the good stuff at? So where's the JFK documents? It's there for on, the Dad, president you know, to, uh, it's there for the president to uh, unde or declassify anytime he chooses. All right, Josh, college football. Yeah, uh, Josh. Here's the thing, though. We got in the headlines before we even do I, before we dove into your weekend. I'm excited to hear what you did this weekend because I know it wasn't watch football. I did watch football. I did watch some football, but Becca's dad was in town, so uh, we always spend some time with the family when they're in. And we went to Scots Fest. It is a, a great thing. It's just like Oktoberfest, but the Scottish version. And I did not drink any beer again. You know, my 75 heart is not up yet. Uh, so no alcohol was consumed. I was the DD. And it was a great time. We watched a lot of Scottish singers and log throwers. And, dude, they had guys who were legitimately dressed up in full metal armor, battling it out with swords and flails and, like, axes. Like, these dudes are, like, like they, they'll show you, like, they chopped a tree with a sword, like, just kind of splintered it. And then they were attacking each other with it, like full on swinging it. I mean, they're, they're LARPing though, right? No, dude. No, this is like LARPing you do other? with LARPing you do with plastic swords and broomsticks. These guys yeah. are, I mean, they have metal armor on, but they are swinging actual swords, actual hatchets, and actual maces. Like they are. Like, I, they're feeling that through the helmet. I know they are. It hurts. It has to. 
Yeah, hey, what the fuck are you watching? This is crazy. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm telling you. It was nuts in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It was wild this weekend, man. Oh. <laughs> I also uh, got a, I also got a little bit of running in. Obviously, got my workouts in. Got my running in. Well, how many miles uh, did you run this weekend? A thousand. It's no, so uh, no. I'm combined so between about this. Saturday and Sunday, I think I only did I hope you fourteen. I did 8.1 today on Monday evening before I did this podcast. It took me an hour, 42 minutes. So my heart rate was a 136 average, which is pretty impressive if I do say so myself. Have I told you about Griffin's heart rate on his 5K? Have we talked about that on the show? <laughs> no. We had, oh my God, Kyler. So I got Griffin to run that 5K with me last weekend, or not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And the furthest this man has ever run in his life was a mile or like 1.1 miles or something. And he did it the week before the 5K. And he comes out, runs the 5K. I ran mine in 29.36 or something like that. He ran his in 32.50, which is pretty close, you know. That's good, yeah. Bro, do you know what your max heart rate is? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, What is I mean, do you know the formula? Like, so... You don't want to go like, but you don't want to be over two hundred. So, so your max heart rate is two twenty minus your age. Yeah. Griffin is twenty seven years old. This man's average heart rate was two oh two. Oh, his average. Average, bro. Not the high point. The average, average heart rate was two hundred and two for three point one miles. But he did finish. <laughs> And at the as he was getting close to the finish line, this little kid's behind him, and I'm yelling because I'm I'm done. I'm turning around. I'm waiting on him. I said, "Griffin, you better not let this kid catch you." <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, Griffin's first uh, 5K. He sent me a 10K. His heart rate dropped down to a 177. So that was a little bit better. But uh, 202 is nuts. Yeah, it just needs to work on the breathing. That's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, did you did you do anything fun this weekend? I mean, Josh, I worked on Saturday, but I mean, I watched a little bit of college football, but here's the thing about college football this week, especially, I mean, a lot of important conference games going on this week that will late, that will matter later on in the season, but not matter this week because they were kind of boring, but this is a beautiful job by the schedule makers, giving us somewhat of a break on Saturday, having, you know, last week, Josh, it was, it was full throttle, you know, both sports back. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we got to be, you know, on this, you know, this was a relaxing Saturday to enjoy college football in its finest. And we could start with, with the finest in the country. Apparently, you know, it was kind of a lackluster week, Georgia. I mean, Josh, they were down 14, three at half to South Carolina. I mean, the defense stepped up in the second half to hold Spencer rather scoreless. They intercepted him um, late in the fourth Bulldogs win the game 24, 14, but, uh, Thoughts on the number one team in the country and their likelihood to repeat with the team we saw play on Saturday? Uh, you know, repeat is a strong thing. The, the three-peat would be wild for Georgia. But they had a very poor game, and they still just, I mean, ended up, you know, beating South Carolina by 10 points. And, you know, they probably shouldn't have even had that. So it was one that they had to pull out. I kind of think that they're – just kind of cruising, Kyler. I think that they're not really taking the full opportunity in some of these games to really 
you know, tune up what they need to be doing. So I think that they're going to end up getting caught on their heels and it might end up getting a little too late. I mean, Kirby Smart's going to get this team fired up because if they come out flat on their feet again like this to any team that's better than South Carolina, I don't know that this game goes in their favor. So at this point, I would say no to a three-peat. But at the same time, when Georgia's playing their best, they're the best team in the nation. So, I mean, it's hard to say no, but as of right now, I think I would. I think that they, unless something changes, they're going to get caught flat. I would agree with you. I, I don't think they're going to three-peat as well. Uh, Georgia, I just don't like their quarterback. I don't like, I don't like their quarterback. The, the, um, I, I'm forgetting his name now. I, I, I'm not a fan of him. Um, Carson Number Beck. two in the country. I'm sorry, what's the name? Carson Beck. Carson Beck. That's that's a white name. Steelers won. Steelers have won. Uh, it is uh, all due to the defense. Uh, Mac Mac Jones, or I'm sorry, um, Kenny Pickett should buy them really nice watches. Um, Georgia. I'm sorry, Michigan. Josh, all I wrote was Michigan sucks. So who did they play? Uh, Bowling Green. Bowling didn't they? Didn't they? Uh, sorry, Kyler. I'm. Having a message in one of my fantasy group chats. All I needed was seven points from Pat Fryermuth, and he got me one and a half. I had uh, yeah. Zach Ertz and Kate Otten with 11 points on my bench. So, sad day. I hate fantasy. I hate fantasy football. I hate, I hate it with every every part of me. I, I hate people who like it. I hate people. I, Josh, I, I, I hate fantasy football. I hate everything about it. Well, this week I'm there with you. Anyway, uh, who were you asking me about Michigan? Yeah, they suck. That's all I wrote was Michigan sucks. I don't like them. Their, their quarterback isn't good. I like I like the the other nine quarterbacks in the top ten. I like them more than than uh, the Michigan's quarterback. Uh, whatever his fucking name is. Bro, they beat the. I mean, they beat the brakes off Bowling Green, thirty-one to six. I didn't watch any of this game, but it's because That's the reason I didn't watch any of this game, college, because this game didn't matter. I mean, obviously Michigan is going to beat Bowling Green thirty-one to six. No, you need to beat yeah, the bus. You were like, you need to be it's, to a, three. it's a good thing that we got a break. I, I want some some good games all day long. Number three in the country, Josh. Here's the team I want to talk about: Florida State. They couldn't put a drive together in the fourth quarter, and it almost cost them the game against Boston College. Um, they pull it out, thirty-one twenty-nine. FSU has probably two first rounders, maybe three on the offensive side of the ball. Josh, they can move the ball up and down the field anytime they want and score the ball. They just didn't in the fourth quarter for some, for some reason. They're the most serious college football team I've seen thus far. I love what Florida State is doing. I mean, they are putting together games. Obviously, you don't like to see giving up 20, 29 to Boston College, but being able to pull out the win with the back on against the wall a little bit, having to fend off a team like this, I think it's a really good win for FSU. I mean, they had that really good win against LSU. I think what they're doing is proving that they are working on coming a legitimate threat in college football. And, I mean, they're primed to keep it going. I like it. Florida State, that's my – dash. I might, I might have to put a put – Dab a little bit on a playoff? Hit us up, FanDuel. Uh, number four, Texas. Josh, they pull away from Wyoming with 21 fourth-quarter points. Uh, I was going to talk to Griff and ask Griff about this game. He watched more of this game than either of us, I am sure. Uh, what was going on with Texas and Quinn Ewers? Is he not as good as we thought? Uh, you know, you're not the first person that's asked me that. Uh, you know, I kind of think, I think he was like 11 for 21, two touchdowns, 150 yards. I think that they're going to be these weeks, Kyler, where 
you know, like I, like I've said, Texas is the most SEC ready team from the Big Twelve out of them and OU. I mean, out of the entire Big Twelve, and I think that they might be transitioning their game a little bit towards that style of play. And I don't think you have to score seventy points a game like you do in the Big Twelve. I think that you're going to see a lot more smash mouth football, a lot more, you know, them trying to hold possession, you know. So I think that this might be kind of what we come to expect from a a team like Texas. I mean, he ended up, I mean, he also had a touchdown on the ground. So three touchdowns in a day, 131 yards. I don't hate the performance and you're coming away with the victory like this. I, it wasn't a awe inspiring. He's my Heisman, but he was very efficient and got the win. I'm not upset about it. It's just boring. I respect it. It was, it was the problem with all of college football right now, because there's no good games. It is all boring. I'll tell you who's not boring, Josh. That's number six, Ohio State. They're a high-octane offense led by quarterback Kyle McCord. Athletes on the defensive side of the ball to not only be a part of the college football conversation, Josh, but I think they're going to be a serious serious contender Excuse me, to win it all. Josh, I think Ohio State is a real sleeper. Ohio State, they've got a real chance to go undefeated. It's just it's Michigan. It's got to be Michigan. All they got to do. Was a Marvin Harrison uh, highlight reel in this game? Marvin Man, Harrison Jr. For those of y'all who didn't get that, but uh, yeah, Heisman. I mean, Ohio State is. I mean, looking very good once again. I mean, them and Michigan are going to have to battle it out, and then probably whoever wins that game is going to sneak into the playoffs. It'll be one of them, either Texas or FSU. And then some combination of, you know, Georgia, Alabama, and one of these other Penn teams. State. Mm, probably not. What did Penn State? I mean, just they're number ten. Uh, they're number eight. Here, actually, here's a good question for you, Collar. Here's a, here's a question, and we haven't talked about oh. him yet. But what if OU goes undefeated? Their only, well, say their only loss is to Texas. Other than that, nope. they're undefeated. Won't get in. I don't think so either. Do you think Alabama loses another game this year? Yes. I do too. I don't think Alabama is very good. I don't don't like their quarterback at all. Uh, Number eight, Washington, Josh. This team will go as far as Penix takes them. And Penix, Josh, remember the name Penix Jr. Penix, Penix. However you want to say it, Josh. However you want to take it. 473 yards, four four tighties. As against Michigan State, Josh, I don't give a fuck if that's a basketball school or not. <laughs> Throwing those type of stats around on a pre- prestigious Division One program, it's nothing to scoff at. Uh, I will say Washington has looked a lot better than I thought they would coming out of the beginning of the season, Kyler. Um, you know, I think it's just one of these teams that's going to have a, a good offensive line. They're going to be able to score some points, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not really putting my money on Washington to make it to the playoffs, but hell, they might surprise me. Hey, it's a, I mean, look at their schedule. We, we we might we might I haven't looked at it, but well, they might do it. Penn State, Josh. Though I mean, and I this say, is the state. I, I, real quick, I will say eight incompletions with four touchdowns and one receiver <laughs> having eight receptions for 180 uh, yards is pretty nice. They'll go as far as Phoenix takes them. Um, the same with Penn State. Penn State will go as far as Hartman can take them. And I like Penix more than Hartman. 
Um, so less impressed with them overall, but still a team that will be in the college football playoff conversation as we, as we move deeper and deeper into the season. Um, but again, beautiful job by the, by the matchmakers giving us just a pretty boring week. Uh, Josh, NFL. I'm ready to talk NFL already. Uh, no, Kyle, we can't, we can't do that. You're missing one of nah, the I forgot one, one of the premier the games, the, the the premier headline of college football. I mean, this man has become college football. You don't think of yeah. college football and think of Nick Saban anymore. Who's the first person yeah. that comes to mind when you think of college football? That's Deion Sanders. Prime time. It is Deion Sanders. This man is changing the way college football is is approached. Everything about his approach is just working, Kyler. This team that went 1-11 last year, they are starting off the season 3-0 and before they hit a, a stretch of some tough games here that they're going to have to dig deep and see if they can gut out. But I will say the best thing that happened to this team was TCU week one. I mean, them pulling out that win, they couldn't have been written better for this. The One of the things, out, the first thing I want to talk about this game is that hit to Travis Hunter was disgusting. What was that? It was, Josh, it, it, was, it was a good second and a half late. It was, it was completely unnecessary. It was super wet, just way too hard. Josh, he was injured. He's going to be out multiple weeks, is what Dion says, and that's just and that that hurts them so bad for what she's up. So, Josh, they they play Oregon this week, and next week is USC. A, a couple that, of I think it's. I mean, they got to win all. some games here. I mean, if they can come out two and one, <laughs> that would be nice. If, Josh, if they come out one and two, that would be nice. But uh, uh, I, I mean, Dion, and then. Uh, so I will do one thing. I was in Colorado State. You know, it came out. Norville, you know, in the press conference, the shot at Shakur uh, Sanders that, you know, whenever I'm talking to adults, I take my sunglasses and my hat off. I don't know if you saw that comment before the game. Yeah. It was just I mean, it was completely just, just just trying to get some bulletin board material, trying to hype hype these dudes up, trying to throw them off, throw them off their game. I guess I don't really know. It was it was weird. It made it made for a funny storyline. Yeah, I mean it yeah, was I mean, even funnier when they of lost thirty five forty three. Once again, like Colorado. The, the Josh, that's that's the biggest problem is especially when they go up against USC. The Colorado not having a defense is going to hurt them eventually. Yeah, oh, Josh, they're, they're going to look bad to to US. Uh, to like well, Oregon's going to score like sixty points on them. It's going to be it's going to be pretty awful. Uh, Josh, Oregon scored fifty. They won fifty five to ten this past week. It's like it's, yeah, but Oregon's I mean Colorado's not, offense is really good. So I mean it could be fifty five to fifty. <laughs> we'll see, Josh. Colorado can score. We'll get to that on Thursday night. Uh, so you'll see, you'll see that you'll see who I'm picking on Friday's episode. Uh, but it's not Colorado, I'll tell you that. Uh, but let's, Josh. Uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by. I like him a lot. I just, I without Travis Hunter, it's so tough. I mean, just again, disgusting. Should wear Sanders though. I mean, Josh, he's a winner, like Dion says. I mean, maybe he can, maybe he can go ahead and do it. I tell you, who's not a winner is uh, Gundy. Gundy's son is a loser, and uh, not. I, I will say that. Gun- <laughs> <laughs> Becca with the cameo. Bro, Coach Gundy is a loser. Whenever I, so I went to I went to Oklahoma State this past week and I'm sorry. 
and uh, I missed. I just barely missed Gundy, and Cowler's waving hi at you, Becca. Um, I barely missed Gundy, and I would have asked him. You know, are we not huge on first downs? Do you know what are we doing? Punting on fourth and one every time, running the ball up the middle on third and ten. I did see where he switch said, quarterbacks oh, every me, six plays. I saw where he said in the post game. Oh, I guess Nick Saban and I are pretty similar. We both started three quarterbacks today. Dude, it's it, it's infuriating watching the Oklahoma State Pokes play any type of football. Um, I, I don't even want to talk about it. Fire Mike Gundy. I, I don't think he should be there. I don't think there's any any explanation for him to be there. I don't I don't like any reasoning for him to be there anymore. Um, his time in his time in Stillwater has run out. Um, I think it is time to sit, bid a farewell and move on to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, it's a tough situation with Oklahoma State. That was a terrible they loss. Though, they'll, they'll keep him for 10 more years. Despicable loss, just terrible. Not good football. All right, I'm done with college football, Kyler. Before we move on to the NFL, go make sure that you are following us on social media. The podcast is on X, is at SportsBYBP. I'm at jkeatno 22 As you can see down below my uh, my face there, says it on my screen. Kyler's at Kyler01. Griffin is at Griffin Argo one He is being uh, fatherly duties tonight. He is doing his fatherly duties tonight, so that's why he's not here with us. Go follow him. Go follow our fantasy football expert, Shane, at FantasyBYB. We're going to get him on the show real soon and talk a little bit of midseason football, see what kind of takes he has, what we who we need to be getting on the waiver wire and so forth. So it should be some fun coming out uh, from all the social media pages. We are always posting our BYB parlays. That did smack this past week. First time in a long time our BYB can't miss parlay has actually not missed. So very good to see that we're on a heater. Uh, well, we'll talk about that. We were on a heater uh, through Sunday, but it's been a great time. Go follow us on all of our social media pages. Once again, on, the, on X, it is at SportsBYBP. Everywhere else is at Berkshire Bubble Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. I think that looked. Josh, I probably shouldn't do that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know what you were doing there. Uh, but I was watching the. Uh, I was watching sports and while you were doing that, uh, the Steelers have won twenty-one straight home Monday night football games. Oh wow! It's insane. All right, uh, week two. Uh, how about week how about two. this? How about this news that I just got from Sleeper? Okay. Browns running back Nick Chubb suffered what is to believe a significant season-ending. Injury, including multiple torn ligaments. How about no kidding? <laughs> no shit of the week from Sleeper. That's why it's a shit ass. Jesus. Uh, you know, Kyle, we should probably start with the Monday night games because they just happened. No, let's. Uh, I was going to start in chronological order with Thursday. Okay, that works too. We can take a moment in this game. Well, I just figure everyone's going to be interested in, in hearing our takes from the game that they just watched. I'd agree. Let's do it. So, let's talk. Deshaun Watson sucks. Deshaun Watson does not look very good at football anymore. Uh, He did lose the game on that strip sack from T.J. Watt. No, he lost the game losing uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think someone, someone said it to me. It was probably the best I've heard it. Deshaun Watson has become a very expensive game manager. Oh my God, bro! He has so much money. 
You want to hear something that's crazy, though? Cleveland Browns defense has only allowed one touchdown this season. Huh. Well, they uh, – yeah. I mean, the, looking at it tonight, I mean, it was – it was a grinded out game, and they ended up being the Steelers' defense that won the game. And Josh, the guy, the the guy that made the strip sack, and the TJ Watt got the, got the uh, he picked up the fumble and got the touchdown. But the guy who got the sack and got the uh, fumble also had an interception for a touchdown in the game. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Team, I mean, teams are not scoring points against Cleveland. Cleveland is letting them score points on them. The only touchdown from the offense was a 71 yard. You know, fantastic catch by George. No separation pickings. Should have kept Baker. It really hurts that Deontay Johnson went out. You know, that that's really what's hurting uh, the Steelers right now. Overall, just the offense. Pat Fryermuth held the one catch for five yards. Why don't we throw baby Gronk the ball a little bit more? Please, God. <laughs> just needed seven points for my fantasy. I would have went. I would have had a perfect week. Instead, I went six and one, Kyler. You know how frustrating that is. Josh, I have Kyle Pitts in both my leagues. Yeah, you got to drop him. It's time to move on from Kyle Pitts. We'll get to the drop Falcons. Kyle, Kyle Pitts needs to be on waiver wire. Whoa. Uh, I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit more here in a bit. Uh, right, I think that's pretty much all that I have from this Cleveland Most Steelers first. game. Uh, yeah, we have Carolina game. and the Saints. Great divisional matchup. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, no, Bryce Young does not look good. No, it was the Derek Carr show. Derek Carr and uh, Michael Thomas is back, huh? Michael Thomas looked good running those little, the short to intermediate routes. His bread and 13 butter. 13-yard outs. That's bro, it. Just, Every time. Right there. Yeah, bro. Only we saw, Michael Thomas can grab it. We saw Taysom Hill at quarterback. I mean, it's the full throwback of the Saints. The only thing that shocked me was Tony Jones getting the, the two rushing touchdowns over Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams had a lot of yards last week. We'll get to that here in a little bit. He did not have any this week. He had oh. like nine carries for eight yards. Who am I thinking of then? I, I mean, he I'm had a decent of, week last year. And paid DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift had a lot of yards on Thursday night. Yeah. But uh, overall, I was very unimpressed again with Bryce Young not showing a lot. The guy who did have a great game is Old Man. Adam Thielen just racking up the yards in the catches, Kyler. 20-point fantasy night for him. Great touchdown on the right pylon at the end of the game. It was kind of a garbage time touchdown. Um, but, again, all touchdowns matter, especially when we're watching Red Zone, Josh. And I don't know if you've been watching Red Zone. I have, and I can't get enough of it, Josh. Injected into my veins. I love sitting on the couch watching six hours of uninterrupted football, commercial-free football, no free plugs. And Josh, on this this Saturday, honestly, I had to. I went for like a 30, 45 minute walk after it was like between the six o'clock games and the and the uh, night game. I went on a walk. I just had. I was like, man, I I got to do something. I got to figure something out here. Like this is not good. How long I've just been sitting here doing this stuff and and watching all these games. Yeah, you definitely you have to hit that ten thousand step mark, Kyler. That's that's what I've been. That's my that's been my goal lately. No matter what, to make sure I get that ten thousand step that step marker. So, I mean, hell, two weeks ago or last week, you know, first week of football, I'm running twenty eight miles with my phone like this, watching Red Zone as I'm running through the woods. Uh, that's annoying. <laughs> You're being annoying again. 
<laughs> Shuttle Flex, 28 miles. Minka Fitzpatrick is uh, being evaluated at a local hospital for a chest injury. Hopefully he's all right. I saw that. He went out. He had uh, like uh, a couple of forced tackles on the quarterback, and he was playing well. It's uh, unfortunate to see him go down. How about – can we talk about Najee Harris sucking this year? Yeah. Has not been good? I mean, but, I mean the offensive the, line has been good. The most inefficient running back through a season and two games. I mean, he's just yeah. so inefficient with the football. Not, not but he can pass, but he can run block where Jalen Warren cannot. Yeah, or pass he really block. Can. He really can. But uh, that's a really all I got. I don't got any more in this game, Josh. I'm out. Uh, no, I think that's uh, Amari Cooper is still looking good. He hurt his groin, but he played. He was out there, made a couple of big time catches <laughs> towards the end of the game. Uh, so I, I was impressed by that. Now we can go wherever you want, Kyler. He's questionable already for next week. All right, Thursday night football, Josh. Minnesota was visiting the link, trying to knock off the defending. I'm sorry. the Yeah, the defending NFC champions of the world. Yeah, of the world. The NFC champions of the world. I'll say it. Fuck you, no, Lyles. Josh, if you told me the final score, 28 to 34, if you told me that, I could have told you exactly what happened just from so much experience watching Kirk Cousins late throw bombs, make amazing comebacks to fall just short. Coming down to Kirk's last throw, which was, of course, very short of the target to gain. They let him throw it out to see what all he had at the end of the game. They're like, all right, how strong is the arm? Not strong enough. Oh, yep. And it, no, not even close. It was seven yards short. I but I will say this game did get a little fun. You know, it had a little bit of interest in it once the Vikings started making their comeback. I mean, you were like, "Oh hell, this is about to get real." You know, the the Eagles' offense has not looked great, and you say that, and they put up thirty four points, but the offense did not look good. Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift running for one hundred and seventy five yards and a touchdown was amazing to see. Just pisses me off that Kenneth Gainwell got the Week One start over him when Swift goes out and puts on a performance like that. But it's frustrating because you never know what kind of approach the Eagles are going to take with running backs. And Alexander Manis, Madison on the other side got completely bottled up because they were having to throw the ball so much. And, you know, whenever you have number 18 and his name is Justin Jefferson, you get that man the ball as many times as you can. Keller, I think they heard you on the last episode. Another 11 receptions for 159 yards. There's no shortage of targets for Justin Jefferson. Need more of them. Need 20, 20 targets the next Next up, next game, I'm calling it on this episode. Devontae Smith, Josh, had a great game. Four receptions, 134 yards. But like you said, the Eagles' offense, they just weren't there. I say that as they scored 34 points. Um, but they're going to be pr- pretty good again, huh? Yeah, Eagles are going to be very good. Not worried about them. I think the biggest red flag right now is A.J. Brown uh, getting super upset that he was not involved as much. Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni he, did tell the press. Obviously, they were asking, like, you know, what were y'all's con- what was the conversation on the sideline? And, they, and Nick Sirianni said, "How about it's none of your business what we said on the sideline and all that's kind of stay private." What a good move by the coach. They're not letting any of the dirty laundry get out. Obviously, AJ Brown is upset that Devontae Smith is outscoring him. Kyler, here's a yeah. fun fact: since AJ Brown has joined the Philadelphia Eagles after this game. Him and Devontae Smith are tied 
in like their average for fantasy points. Hmm. I like that. But I mean, and this is all due respect to AJ Brown. That was a diva wide receiver being a diva wide receiver on the sideline. Um, Thousand they're percent. Going, they're going to be very good. Moving on. Sunday, oh, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison yeah. back-to-back games as a rookie with touchdowns. I mean, Justin Jefferson getting the yards, but Jordan Addison being consistently finding the end zone. And TJ Hawkinson had a great game uh, as a tight end for the Vikings. So Kirk Cousins, even in a primetime game that they came up Dude. short, putting up 28 points was very surprising to me. Kirk Cousins anymore? If the spread is any more than five, you have to take Kirk Cousins. Actually, before we move on, I'm looking this up to make sure that I'm right, but I'm almost positive that I am. Let me... Let me find this real quick, Keller. Don't leave me. Kirk Cousins, through two weeks of football in fantasy, is the quarterback one. The number one overall quarterback is Kirk Cousins. You guys didn't even have him inside your top 12. I'm going to stake my claim here on Kirk Cousins being a great fantasy quarterback. So there we go. I don't even know what list you're talking about, bro. I've got got him as my number two. Oh, yeah, on on the rankings that no one updated. No, it's up here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go move on to Sunday. Sunday football. We're talking about noon kickoff, Josh. Packers were visiting the Falcons. This one is, Josh, this one was fun to watch. It was on red zone all day long. It kept popping up. And that's because of their coach, Art Smith. Josh, I keep talking about him because he could be, Josh, this is a guy, I mean, uh, technically the church driver's son. I mean, uh, if you want to break down the logistics of it, um, because the UPS owner's son, Art Smith, Josh, he's so fucking awesome. Art Smith, their coach is electric. Multiple fourth down decisions, all paid off. Still won't throw the ball to Kyle Pitts for some fucking reason. But Bijan Robinson, how about him, Josh? He's the real deal. Bijan Robinson looks amazing, and that's why they're not throwing the ball. They have Bijan Robinson, who's an amazing. Freak of a talent. And then you have Tyler Algier, who is nothing to scoff at as a running back. And he still ran the ball like 17 times. So, you know, both these guys are going to continue to get work. This is going to be an offense where Bijan is obviously going to get a ton. If you have one of these receivers, it's just tough for fantasy wise because Desmond Nurner's not going to throw 25 times a game half for no more than half the season. So, you know, you have to hope that those targets are going to be converted when they're there. And Bijan and Algier are still going to be involved in the passing game. So, you know, there's only so many targets go to go around when you're throwing the ball 17 times a game. And I just – Kyle Pitts isn't going to be the one getting them. He, it's time for him to go to the waiver wire. There are better options out there where you can stream at tight end who are getting opportunities. Zach Ertz right now is outplaying Kyle Pitts hand over fist. I mean, it's not even close. Go get Zach Ertz or one of those other guys, Luke Musgraves, Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys. There's so many other tight ends out there who are producing and catching touchdowns where Kyle Pitts is just not doing it. Put him well, on Kyle the waiver Pitt. wire. Let someone make someone spend 25% of their fab going after Kyle Pitts for the name and the talent when they're not going to give him the ball. Kyle Pitts is going to be the number one wide receiver next year for the Rams. Can we call him Kyle Armpits? No, bro. He's really good. They won't throw him the fucking ball. He had two, two targets. Oh, well. Until he but, gets uh, traded to a new team, he is Kyle Armpits to me. I hate to burst for bubble. No. That being said, no one on Green Bay had more than four receptions. But that Kyler. being said, 
Jordan Love had three touchdown passes. Spreading the love. Kirk right. Cousins, quarterback number one in fantasy football. Jordan Love, quarterback two in fantasy football. Back-to-back weeks with three touchdowns, showing that there is that I was right last week in the episode that there is something to sitting your rookie quarterbacks and letting them develop under a veteran, and it tends to pay off. I mean, the only – I mean, not the only mistake, but the mistake that was critical in this game and probably cost it for them was the fourth-down quarterback sneak where he tried sneaking the ball without the ball. He snuck himself, tripped over his own feet, went across the line, and basically tackled his right guard. Not a great look for Jordan Love, but other than that, it was a really impressive performance. Josh, how many times have you done that trying to get into your car at the golf course, dropping your keys? I, I mean, I'm sure Jordan Love wasn't drinking any adult beverages before it the sure game. It sure looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that, that play, he looked drunk as hell. That's a that's something you get off your ring camera as you're stumbling back after a night out with the dominoes that's getting delivered. Oh, it's like you I get just, out of your cart and you drop your keys and you're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. oh, there's concrete down here. <laughs> Have you seen yeah, those you videos mean, where people get pushed into the bushes? <laughs> Like yeah. that's what it looked like. He just fell right over into the bush. He was drunk as hell on that play. Um, I did not. I did. Put a, a gig, I'm sorry. I did Whoa. get a quote. I did get a quote from an owner of the Green Bay Packers, Josh. Um, he says, while not on Rogers' level, he is sticking to the take that Jordan Love is the second best quarterback out of that class behind Joe Burrow. Okay. Not sure what that means, but that's what he told me. He likes it. Very, that's what he said. Very good from the minority owner. Okay, moving on. Raiders, Bills. The Raiders, Josh, Jimmy G, you said he was a winner. He went up to Buffalo. He did not do that. They suck. The Bills are great. James <laughs> had himself a day. Um, of course, plenty of opportunities because the Raiders suck. Um, does Big Daniels make it the whole season? Yes. Kelly, I mean, you, you have to remember here. Yeah, the Bills looked not great week one. Josh Allen had a terrible performance. That's not going to happen from Josh Allen week in and week out. He's a lot better football player than what we saw in week one. The, I picked the Bills to, to go and win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's a very good football team. And Las Vegas is not an above-average football team. I mean, they are average. And that's, you know, that's just what they are. Jimmy G does win games, but he's not going to go out here and beat the, the superstar teams in the league. Okay, let's just let's get that straight. Josh Jacobs got bottled up. Whenever Josh Jacobs has negative rushing yards, you're not going to win that football game. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. I, I, I will do something crazy if the Raiders win a game and Josh Jacobs has negative rushing yards. I just don't see that happening all year long or any year for that matter. Whenever that happens, Jimmy G's not he's not a guy that's going to just single-handedly take you to the promised land. Devontae Adams also had to leave the then game. He's not a winner. Concussion protocol. He's a winner. He wins games. I'm just saying he's not <laughs> going out there doing it by himself. He's not He's not going out there winning them by himself, but as a team, he's going to help you win the game. He's a winner. But with that, like I said, the Bills are a special team. Josh Allen is a very special quarterback. Him and Stephon Diggs, you know, what they have on the field is just incredible to watch. That chemistry, the dynamic there. Gabe Davis popped up for a game, which is good to see once or twice a year. James Cook, the rookie, getting the work, yeah. except for when he's inside the goal line. 
Then they're bringing in Latavius Murray. They're bringing in Damian Harris. James Cook is not a goal line back. Well, it doesn't. Josh, all the good teams are doing that, huh? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are. A lot of a lot of teams are switching to this format, which I mean, I, I, think I feel a, like you no know, Sean Payton ahead I, of the curve there. Yeah, I feel like you're not a good team if you're if you're if you're not doing that. I mean, if you don't have a goal line back, if you don't have someone who can for sure get the ball in when you're on the three yard line, I mean, you're kind of fucked. You're, I mean, you can field goals, you're getting stuffed at the two. I mean, that's that's. Well, what I mean, Kyler, there is there's one exception to what you're saying. I mean, at least one that I that I'm thinking of. That's a team. And we don't have to leave these teams already, but there's a running back who played a hundred percent of the snaps this week. Is that? Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Elijah I mean, Mitchell Christian played McCaffrey, zero bro. snaps. Zero snaps. <laughs> yeah, there's snaps. also LeBron James. I bet LeBron James <laughs> could play 100% of the snaps, and he was scoring the most touchdowns, too. Come, come on, bro. That was no, I'm crazy. Saying the, 40, the 49ers I thought you were going to say Tony Pollard or something. I was going to be like, damn, okay. I saw, Deuce, I saw Deuce Vaughn running the ball this weekend. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, moving on, Ravens at Bengals. Josh, this is a divisional matchup, and the Ravens, uh, my my Super Bowl pick, came out on top, 27-24. Uh, both teams are good, huh? I think so. Yeah, before we dive in, I, I'll just give Griffin a little shout-out here. He wanted to make sure that I made this plug for him, that, that he is a superior Ravens fan than I, and second to you is what he said, that you're the most Ravens fan, and I'm the third on the podcast, which is the furthest thing from the truth is a wild, wild take that you guys have just come up with. But Ravens are looking pretty good. It's crazy, though, because the defense is still so banged up. There's so many injuries to this Ravens team, and they're still pulling out these divisional games. Starting out 2-0 and in the division is exactly where you want to be. You're exactly right. And Lamar helped me to uh... – he did not, he helped me do a loss. He 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 did good in fantasy, but I lost both my leagues with with Lamar as well. Uh, Zay but Flowers the Bengals, looking fantastic. Zay Josh, Flowers looks dynamic as a receiver. Getting Mark Andrews back, even though it was kind of on a pitch count, was great for Lamar. You could tell that safety blanket was needed. The offense is starting to shape up a little bit, and it's starting to look like a Munkin offense where that it's just getting retooled a lot, and it's good to see Lamar feeling looking like he's feeling a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Not as many design runs, it seems. So a lot of good things, I think, are happening for Lamar in this offense. They say Flowers don't pick themselves, Josh. They is exactly what Lamar needed. Uh, But this is the second season in a row the Bengals have started 0-2. That was a bar as a drop there. I don't know if you you heard that. But uh, the Bengals uh, start the season 0-2 for the second consecutive season. Um, They're okay, though, huh? Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but Joe Burrow did re-aggravate that calf injury, so I'm gonna. That's something to monitor throughout the week uh, to see if they put him back out there for next week. I assume they will. But here's a novel idea, Kyler. Hold, you're gonna have to bear with me through this for the Bengals. Okay. How about we get the ball to our best receiver? You know, you talk yeah. about getting 20 targets to, to Jamar Chase. How about we give tw- or to Justin Jefferson? How about we give 20 targets to Jamar Chase? Let's Wouldn't give the ball that. to our best player and let him work. I don't no, know if no. that's – I don't know what, what are your thoughts there, but I think that's a pretty easy way to, to turn things around. No, that's a good idea there. I think no, innovative. Um, I, actually, I think uh, coordinator like – how long does a – this is the, I mean, this is an off-the-wall question, Josh. Just, you know, just, just throwing things out there. Just throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. How long does a Super Bowl appearance 
keep Zach Taylor's job safe? Well, so I don't think that the Bengals are going to continue to suck. So I, I think that he's fine for a while. Okay. It was interesting to see that Cincinnati was booing them, uh, like their fans were booing Cincinnati. But, you know, three years ago, Cincinnati was lucky to win games. So it's always good to see your football city turning on you in the blink of an eye. But it is against a divisional opponent, and, you know, you're kind of getting it handed to you. So I don't blame them for being upset when you have Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. T. Higgins had a game. I mean, he looked yeah. really good. I saw a really nice play from Tyler Boyd, so he's still alive. Yeah, I think he's just Jamar Chase is quiet. In two catches or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Seahawks and Lions, Josh. This was a, probably the game of the day. It was super fun to watch up and down all game long. Uh, was, I was talking about the end. Lions drive the length of the field, nail a field goal to send it to overtime, lose the coin toss, watch the Seahawks drive it all the way down for a game-winning touchdown. Tough for Dan Campbell and the Lions. But, I mean, these are two teams that are going to be, you know, within a touchdown, within eight or nine points of every game they're in this season. Yes, I think a lot of people were underrating the Seahawks going into this game because of the lackluster performance week one. I told everyone, don't overreact. Geno's still going to be Geno. He's, he has weapons here. This is a good offense. They're going to be able to score points. Detroit's at home, so you know it's going to be – you know they're going to score points. I mean, that's just a given. When Detroit's at home, look for them to score uh, it was still wild to me that David Montgomery outsnapped Jameer Gibbs as bad as it was until the Montgomery injury. But then even with, with David Montgomery going down, doesn't expect to play this week. Um, good God, I just forgot the running back's name. I just said Jameer Gibbs. Uh, still, um, the guy who came in, I think it was Chris Edwards, Chris Evans. I don't remember his name. But he came in and had like three touches to Jameer Gibbs' three touches. And it was almost like they just replaced or David Montgomery with Evans or whoever came in and took that spot and kept Jameer Gibbs in the role that he was in. Reynolds, Craig Reynolds. Bro, you're Evans, you're crazy. Craig Jimmy Reynolds, Gibbs, yeah. He came in and basically replaced David Montgomery, and it never changed for Gibbs. So something's got to change there. There needs to be more production out of that rookie running back. And other than that, I mean, the lines look good. Amon Ra had turf toe. Didn't catch another ball after he after he had his toe looked at in the third quarter, so that's kind of concerning. But still, 102 yards looked great. Uh, not too worried about <laughs> the lines; they're going to score points. Yeah, because they got another Reynolds that uh, got five catches for for 66, 66 yards. I mean, Ooh. just they got Reynolds all over the place. All the Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, Craig Reynolds. I think there's a Brian Reynolds on defense. That's Jared Goff at 300 yards. Uh, Jared Goff also had a pick six, right? Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Not a good look. Uh, Tyler Lockett also is a great wide receiver. Looked very good, good for Geno in this game. Uh, Kenneth Walker, not very efficient, but he had two touchdowns, so that makes up that makes up for it for your fantasy football out there. Great day for him. That's what I'm saying, bro. These good teams have good goal on backs. Which is like you're you're up you're at the three yard line you're at the you're at the four yard line you're at the six yard line you need somebody to make a cut you need somebody to hit, get through two tackles and get to the end zone some of these teams have them some of them don't yeah I mean Kenneth Walker pretty much you know is a every down back you know they still haven't started to yeah. implement Charbonnet into this offense but Kenneth Walker does know how to get into the end zone he was good at it last year and it's carrying over to this year so two good high powered offenses happy for Geno that he has a comeback but. 
I, you know, I always hate to see the Lions lose. I feel like you have to root for the Lions nowadays. Talking about teammate, I hate to see lose Josh. The Chargers, they went into Tennessee, Josh. They dropped this one 27-24. The hottest seat in the NFL, Brandon Staley, defensive-minded coach, hasn't had a good defense since he's taken the helm. Will he turn things around or be gone before week eight? No way uh, Brandon Staley does not make it through the year. He, he will make it through the year. I think the Chargers are going to start winning some of these close games. I mean, eventually they have to, right? I mean, it's just such a good offense, such a good overall team that they have to start winning some of these close games. And I think that they're just on the on the bad side of the coin on some of this. Dude, he was just Staley, – Staley was outcoached and his team was outworked. I mean, the Chargers have the better team. They have the better players. And they lose another close game that they shouldn't have. I mean, this this goes down to the little things. And this is this is with the, the the Titans doing things a little bit better. The little things a little bit better than the Chargers. And that goes down to the coaching staff. Keenan Allen looked really good in this game. Mike Williams had a couple of balls, Mike you know, Williams. those jump balls that he catches. Justin Herbert pushing the ball down the field again, which is good to see. Haven't really seen that since he was a rookie. So you love seeing yeah. the the more offensive pushing the ball down the field, which we kind of thought that was going to be the case with the new offense coming in, but and it is. So that's always good to see. But you can't let Tennessee come in and score that many points. I mean, Derrick Henry is the focal point. DeAndre Hopkins is pretty much a non-factor. Ryan Tannehill shouldn't be beating the Chargers week two in the NFL I'm not ready to hit the panic button on the Chargers just yet, but, I I mean, they're going to have to start pulling out some of these close games. I mean, Josh, you said they did everything right except win. Which is the theme of the Chargers. All right, Josh. Bears at Bucks, 17-27. Baker is – I want to start this one. Can Can I start this? Go ahead. Dude, I trusted you and Griffin. I trusted you guys. You had Justin Fields so high in the fantasy ranking, still had 15 points in a fantasy, decent day. Justin Fields is just not good at football, Kyler. You guys talk about Lamar Jackson being a running back. Justin Fields is a running back. This man will not throw the football. He's open. His line is blocking, and he just won't get rid of the football. Throw it. You start the game out giving three passes and one drive to DJ Moore. DJ Moore ends up having a great game because he's a great wide receiver. But then after that, you don't throw the ball anymore. Like, you're not pushing the ball down the field. I don't even feel like the Bears are trying at this point. And I think it starts with Justin Fields. He's going to have to get more comfortable in the pocket. He's got to develop as a passer. The The rushing baseline is good for fantasy football. But when it comes to actually winning football games, I don't know that he's a quarterback next year. Bro, I was watching some X videos, which is crazy to say, right? Because that's what, that's what they like, are, right? Sounds. So it's, sounds is that what they are? That's what they are. Sounds okay. dirty. Okay, well, I was watching I was watching some X videos of Justin Fields. Oh, Try- man, this is getting worse and yeah, worse I mean, by the I mean, second. Th- thank you, Elon. Go ahead and do yes. fucking, fucking Republicans, man. Uh, the, bro, Justin Fields. I mean, Josh, you're right. Just finding holes. I mean, I was watching X videos. Justin Fields finding holes and not hitting them. I mean, Josh, he was avoiding the holes on the on the X videos. I was watching every single one. Bro, there's no way you didn't write this. There's no way you didn't write this on purpose. That's scripted as hell. Bro, I know DJ Moore is pissed though, huh? 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, no, he finally got the work. I mean, he had over yeah, 100 yards. The quarterback is still. <laughs> oh, yeah, going from one situation to another. And not, I mean, honestly, not winning football games. That's the worst part of it. Oh, at all. But that's that's my next question is, because uh, I have two questions, actually, but my, one of them will be, will the Bears be in contention for the number one pick again? Uh, Remember, the Josh, they traded it. They traded it to the Carolina. I will say probably not. I do think that they're going to end up winning some of these games, and I think that Arizona is on the Caleb William path. So I don't think that they're going to, you know, I don't think so. I have to think that they're going to end up winning some games. But a question I have is, this is the NFC North, right, for the Bears? Yep. Is it the worst division in football? Oh, dude, it's really bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really, really bad. I mean, the all these teams are basically one and, and one, and then the Bears zero and two. And it's not it like none of none of it, Josh. I'm telling you, none of it is good football to watch. Like you, you don't learn anything from the game. You don't get any better. Like you don't. Yeah, it's not good football at all. Um, but talking about OU alum, Josh Caleb Williams. Uh, let's move to another Baker Mayfield. He's back, huh? Right now. Through two weeks, Baker Mayfield looks like a top 12 quarterback in the league. Top 10. Top 10, top 10. I'll, I'll give you top 10. And then you said it in our group Let's chat. Go. And, I, and I, you and I, I think, are the truthers here. So I know I am. We had to, you know, tell Griffin this when he first joined the show. Sorry to burst your bubble, Griff. Mike Evans' 1,000-yard streak is not going away. Mike Evans, I told you guys this. I listed all the quarterbacks that he has played with. And he's still hitting thousand yards every year. Baker Mayfield's going to be no different. Quarterbacks love Mike Evans. He's six four, wins fifty fifty balls, and can run routes. They're going to continue to feed this man the football, and that's all that there is. I mean, Baker has good weapons to work with. This offense looks good. Rashad White finally had a game, his coming out game. So let's see if he can continue that momentum. We would love to see him getting all the touches that he had. The Bucks offense is finally looking decent. Do I think that this is sustainable? No, I don't. But I think that this team is going to be a lot better than what everyone predicted them to be. I love it. I love the Bucks, Josh. They're, I mean, so it's going to come down to uh, man, they're the, they're in the uh, it's going to come down to them and the Saints, huh? The, the winner of their games will win the division, like the Saints versus Bucks. Yeah, very likely. Yeah, I think so. Move on. Uh, a team, I think, in that no, it's not not in the division. Chiefs and Jags. AFC South. Really bad, really bad division as well. Um, sloppy game from the Chiefs, Josh, to get into the win column. I mean, I wish Griff was here so we could talk the Chiefs up, but they don't really deserve it after a win like this is 19-9. to Lawrence This was fine. the sloppiest game of the weekend. You talk about oh, mid-game, Scholar, for on Monday night. This was the worst game of the weekend. Both teams played terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lawrence, his chemistry with Christian Kirk was, I mean, really, really good. I mean, Ridley came back to earth a little bit this week. But uh, I re- I do expect good things from him the rest of the season. Uh, the Jags will be fine. Um, the Jags had three touchdowns Chiefs? that were a toe away. Three, yeah. three one-foot touchdowns. No, you're, you're so at least. I mean, three to there five. were three. There were three. Um, so you have to think that obviously the offense can get better, but this is a game that the Jaguars needed to win. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs only putting up 17 points should be very winnable for Jacksonville, and this is a game that you've got to come away with 
the fact that they lost it, I mean, just goes to show how sloppy this game was because it was not the Chiefs' defense that was preventing them from doing this. I, I do wish Griffin was here because I, I'm not hitting the panic button on the Chiefs. They won the game, which is great for them. But, you know, do they look like the juggernaut of old? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, not not yet. Through two weeks, they definitely don't. I mean, it's not – there's there's not, no Tyree kills out there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, Sky Moore getting in the end zone is not going to happen every week. Uh, Kadarius Toney looked okay. And Travis Kelsey will get healthier and, you know, that snap count will go up and the targets will go up. But until that really happens, Pat Mahomes doesn't look comfortable. The wide receivers obviously are not comfortable with it. You know, it's just right now it's not a good look for Kansas City. Once again, it's still Pat Mahomes, who is the best quarterback playing in football right now. I'm sure that they're going to continue to win games and they'll be fine. But this is the worst I think the Chiefs have looked in a long time through two games to start the year. Wow. All right, I agree with that. All right, Josh, to so move on, uh, two teams that don't matter at all that I don't think will win more than probably eight games combined, Colts and Texans. Colts, 31 visiting NRG Stadium down there in Houston, only allowing the Houston Texans to score 20. I mean, the Colts' defense really stood up. C.J. Stroud is a guy. Nico Collins is a guy, um, even though you know they both lost. Gardner Minshew is better than Anthony Richardson right now. Right now, I think right now he's a better NFL quarterback. Um, I don't. I think, I don't think any number of times you say right now is going to make it true. I think that Anthony Richardson is definitely better than Gardner Minshew. Uh, the one thing that Anthony Richardson needs to learn how to do is to not get smoked every time yeah. he leaves the pocket. That's what he's got to figure out. He needs to talk to Lamar and some of these other Russian quarterbacks and figure out how they survive because this is two weeks in a row he's taken monster hits obviously leave having to leave the game because of concussion protocol should play next week but bad enough hit where he had to leave for a concussion that's why we had well we got to see Gardner Minshew in the first place you know so why we got to, bro ever since we've said bro we every time we've seen Gardner Minshew he's gotten smoked like if he needs to talk to anybody that's what I'm saying like the Colts have a real decision to make here with their rookie quarterback should they trust him with the reins should they put go all in on you know, Anthony Richardson being their guy, and he's going to overcome these struggles, and he's going to become one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and this is going to be part of the part of the story, or and win three to five games probably, or sit him and let Gardner Minshew win seven eight games this year. I don't think that they're winning seven or eight games with Gardner Minshew. I don't know that the win total is that much is is any higher with either quarterback. The one thing that I'll say is. While it's not good that Anthony Richardson's obviously taking these big hits and going into into concussion protocol already, and I don't want him to get nervous of running the ball or getting out of the pocket, but hopefully through two games, it has made him aware that he's going to have to change what he does when he's getting hit. Like he's going to have to go to someone and get advice on how to handle those hits, how to position your body, how to make sure you're getting out of bounds or getting on the ground. Hopefully he takes that into strong consideration because there's another quarterback that was really good heading into the NFL career cut short because he could, because he took too many hits. and was always in concussion protocol. Now he's a great analyst on the sideline and that's RG three. I thought you were saying Andrew Luck, uh, Michael Pittman, Josh, he's a legit wide receiver. That's what I'm saying. Gardner Minshew can hit that guy. I'm not sure Anthony Richardson can. 
I do love Gardner. I mean, that's not me trash talking Gardner. I just think that Anthony Richardson is one hell of a talent, and yeah. I mean, he just has has the ability so see, right to go now, out and adds that right, dynamic. Bro, here, listen to this. Let's see if this sways you. Let's see if this this changes your mind. I italicized right now. Mm. You did say it again, but I don't think it swayed me yet. Here's Damn. a crazy stat, Kyler. Damian Pierce for the Texans okay. had 38 yards after contact. Whoa. <laughs> Do you have the box score pulled up? Are you looking at it? No. Damian Pierce had 31 yards for the game. <laughs> what? How does it make any sense? He had 38 yards after contact, 31 yards for the game. Because this man is getting hit in the backfield every time they hand the ball to him. He's having to fight for his life oh. to get back to line of scrimmage. That's good stat. That's good stat taking, to be honest. Shout out to those stat takers calculating that up. That's, <laughs> that that's is insane. crazy. That's number crunching right there, Josh. Speaking of crunching numbers, these are two coaches that love oh, to sorry, crunch the numbers. Sorry, 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 Kyler. I just have one more thing that I wanted to point out. I'm so sorry. I ruined your segue. That was such a good segue, too. CJ Stroud, 384 yards. I said he's a guy. I said I said it. He's a guy. I mean, but like 384 yards, if you were to tell me that they scored 20 points, yeah. I'd be like, well, man, that's Yeah, so so surprising. what happened there? I just could I mean, couldn't get in the end zone. I mean, once you again, you did. Once I do know, you couldn't get in the end zone. Once again, you're playing from behind, you're trying, you're back in you're back in your own territory every possession. You're getting hit in the backfield. You have no other option than to throw the ball to Nico Collins. And just hope to God for the best. That's what happened. Kick, now kick a field goal. Hey, did you know that Damian Pierce had 38 yards after contact and 31 <laughs> yards for the entire game? That's a crazy stat. Wink, wink. The 49ers, Josh, they went up to the. <laughs> they, they went I to gave LA, you a chance for the segue again. The Rams. Josh, I heard those coaches crunch stats. Is that true? Oh, they love the, they love numbers. They love fucking numbers. I'll tell you that. But C Mac, I'll tell you. You mentioned it earlier. He is such a guy that he is like these. Josh, you mentioned him earlier. Like I mean, it, I mean, like he's not LeBron James esque. This is I mean, this is an anomaly of a football player we're, we're watching. A hundred percent of snaps. <laughs> A hundred percent. This man did not come off the field. Like, and this is a this is a guy going. This is why. This is why I hate coach speak because preseason. What did they? What did the 49ers say? We're going to be careful with Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell is going to have a role because we don't want to overuse C Mac, and we know his injury pass. This dude's out here ninety six percent week one, a hundred percent week two. He's not. I mean. You know, there's no underutilizing Christian McCaffrey. He's going to play every down if you let him. No Elijah Mitchell stepping in yet. I mean, this team looks so good. Brandon Ayuk was kind of banged up. Debo is getting hang, uh, handoffs. He's getting work out of the backfield again. Debo got missed on two deep bombs for touchdowns, Kyler. I don't know if you saw those, mm -hmm. but just barely missed Debo. I, I kind of thought that George Kittle was going to have a better game. Kind of disappointed there. Yeah, I mean, per Josh, Purdy is still very young, but he's not making any mistakes, but he's also not taking many risks. 
So I mean, you kind of you kind of get the best of both worlds. Shout out Hannah Montana there. Uh, Stafford, Josh, a late pick cost him a chance to get the game to OT. Um, I think the Rams will be fine. I think McVay had as good a game plan. I mean, I think that maybe we've seen against this iteration of a healthy 49ers team, Josh. I mean, Josh, this Josh, this, this healthy 49ers team is quite scary. And the, the Rams had a chance to force it to OT late in that game. Puka Nakua, though, Josh, this is what I'm talking about with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. 20 targets. <laughs> He is the wide receiver. Catches. He's he's the wide receiver too in fantasy football. Well, if you got a PPR, you won your league because of Puka. 20, 22 points week one, 30 points this week. I mean, just crazy numbers, Kyler. 15 receptions, 147 yards, and two rushing yards on top of that. I mean, this guy literally does it all. The the biggest question here from a fantasy football perspective is what happens when Cooper Cup comes back? Is he going to be the guy that's getting all these? I mean, someone's got to fill into that Robert Woods role and get all those other targets. And I think it's going to be Puka Nakua instead of Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell also looks very good as a wide receiver. He's also getting double-digit targets. <laughs> Tutu Atwell had seven receptions, I'm pretty sure. So I think I think they're going to – Puka is going to – man, I don't want to say he's going to take over the number one, but, I mean, Josh I – mean, He will not know, take 20, over the number one targets from Cooper crazy. Cup. But he does have a chance to fill that wide receiver two role very well, and it's super exciting for this young man. But what's even crazier, Kyler, 12 minutes before game time, we get the notification that Cam Akers is a healthy scratch. Here's something to note. Last year, the Rams, same thing midseason, healthy scratches for Cam Akers. He's playing decent. They blamed it on his attitude. Like he's just getting into fights with everyone. He doesn't get along with the coaches. They tried trading him. No one would take him. So this year, they're tra- same thing after week one. Cam Akers has a good week. They say, you know what? We're going to trade him, but this has nothing to do with his attitude. He's been great in practice. This is play-related. Now they're just trying to find someone to trade to Cam Akers, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to be stuck with him. Kyron Williams, obviously the new running back one in this offense. So many targets, so many opportunities. I mean, he is it is the Kyron Williams show moving forward. I don't like that. Uh, I don't I don't think Cam Akers is good enough to be traded to anybody. I don't think anybody's gonna give up anything for Cam Akers. Um, speaking of two teams that aren't good enough to give anything up for, that's the Giants and the Cardinals. Josh, both of these teams are hot garbage. The Giants ended up winning 30 to 27 somehow. They manage that many points um the difference is josh the reason the giants won this game i think the giants had intentions of winning this game which is not something i can confidently say about the arizona cardinals so Kyler, here's a fun stat for you daniel jones is the number 10 quarterback in fantasy football right now um so you know do with that what you want uh he i'll read you this headline Daniel Jones shines in week two, leads Giants to victory with three TDs. Daniel Jones was fantastic in the second half in this game. Had I mean, played a whole game in the second half alone. Looked amazing doing it. Yeah, people are going to say, well, they shouldn't have ever been down to Arizona in the first place. Well, you know what winners do, Kyler? Winners come back and they win football games. Daniel Jones getting the win here, getting it done for New York 
after getting hit in the backfield so many times. Arizona tried winning this game, unbeknownst to them. Josh Dobbs out here trying to win games. Marquise Brown with the TD. James Conner looking like the old James Conner. I mean, I mean Daniel Jones with the back against the wall, coming out swinging so like Tyson. Yeah. You're lucky I, c- I couldn't find my Mickey Mouse toy. I, I found a Mi- I bought a Mickey Mouse toy just to hold up when you present these Mickey Mouse takes, bro. Jimmy, bro, Jimmy G is not a winner, and fucking Daniel Jones is damn sure not a winner. He beat the Cardinals by three. Like I said, I'm not sure if the Cardinals were trying to win this game. Josh, this is my question to you: Would you be shocked if it came out this this coming off season that the Cardinals were tanking games? No, I mean, the Cardinals are 100% in the Josh Dobbs sweepstakes. Or in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. (laughs) They won the Josh Dobbs sweepstakes. They did. They had four other quarterbacks on the roster, and they made sure that Josh Dobbs was the starter three days before week one. Yeah, they won the Josh Um, Dobbs sweepstakes. Josh, Jalen Hyatt. The Cardinals are hot garbage. Jalen Hyatt, so are the the Giants. Jalen Hyatt looked good for the two catches he had. Um, Only had... Two targets as well for some some strange reason. Darren uh, Waller looked good. Jones. Yeah. Uh, Saquon hurt not playing this week, and I think they have a Thursday night game. So definitely, uh, whoever the Giants are playing, root for the opposite team. Oh no, Saquon is yeah. a uh, it is a normal. They put in quotations normal sprained ankle expected to miss one to two weeks. No, Daniel Jones is the winner, bro. He's good, bro. He's bro. It's <laughs> Giants money line. Let me see who the Giants are playing next week. That's Fuck, bro. This game is <laughs> over. Jets at Cowboys. So so the injured Jets, Josh, the hobbled Jets. Oh, they're playing they're the still... 49ers. Oh. Bro, they might score Whoa. a negative amount of points. All right. Sorry, uh, so what the, you the hobbled Jets, Josh, they're 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 hurting from week one. They travel to Dallas. They gotta get on a plane. Travel all the way to Dallas to get their ass kicked, thirty to ten. Dakota played well. I'm still calling him Dakota. Um, he has not earned Dak back. Um, CD is a superstar. Josh, but here's the problem. Here's what I'm talking about. All uh, this is what I've been talking about all episode long. Dallas can't run the ball in the red zone. I don't agree with that. I don't agree. You tried saying that last week too, and Tony Pollard scored from the two yard line right after you said something about it. I, Tony I Pollard. Know. Tony Pollard can get those touches. We learned he's he gets, heavier than me. Big guy, you know. Beats the 49ers? What? Against the 49ers? Yeah, Tony Pollard getting in the end zone. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you believe in that. I don't. I don't think he does either. Zach Wilson is a bum. I'll tell you that. Um, and, Josh, here's a, here's a conspiracy for you. Um, is Aaron Rodgers coming back? Uh, so he came out and said that he was looking at a playoff return. So uh, a a controversial, a Josh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A um, experimental surgery that um, has not been performed very many times. That is going that looks to uh, re, uh, speed up the healing process of the Achilles injury by up to sixty percent. Is what I read. Um, would get Aaron Rodgers back in time for the playoffs. Should they be Josh? Wouldn't he? Wouldn't that be crazy though if he, they did that and then they're like they've won four games? 
Yeah, I mean, this defense for the Jets is still so good. I mean, yeah, Dak threw two touchdowns. Um, let me pull up the box score here. No rushing touchdowns were allowed. So, you know, this is a pretty good offense for the Dallas Cowboys. For the Jets to hold, I mean, not hold them to 30, but, you know, for them to score 30 with three interceptions to Zach Wilson is a good sign to me. What was more surprising about this game was that Brees Hall had four had four rushes, Michael Carter had two, Dalvin Cook had four. So it's not a recipe for success when you're asking Zach Wilson to throw the ball 27 times and you're giving your two best running backs eight carries. I mean, that's just not a recipe for to success. You got to run the ball. You got to keep Dallas honest, even if it is such a good defense. You can't just expect Zach Wilson to step into the pocket and throw every play you have. That's just not. Not a recipe for success. I think it was terrible play calling is a big reason why they lost this game. I think that the off, I don't even know who the offensive coordinator is in New York, but I think he panicked. And I don't think that he was prepared to have Zach Wilson as a starter. And they did not prepare well. The horrendous play calling. Are you serious? From the Jets. You don't know who it is? Oh, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers' guy. It's Hackett. Hackett. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense why they struggled when you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Because that's exactly what happened when he didn't have Aaron Rodgers. He struggled. So, Bro, same situation. And, terrible, and terrible offensive play calling. Speaking of asking players things, you know, asking players to about certain things, they asked Brees Hall why they think the offense struggled in this game. And he said, because I only got four touches. He tweeted four football emojis with three dots after it, right after the game. So, I think that the Jets team is kind of in shambles right now, and everyone is starting to turn on Hackett, Sala, because they know that Zach Wilson's not going to be able to lead them to the promised land. If there's good news of Aaron Rodgers being able to make it back for the playoffs, maybe he can get the team together and, you know, keep a fire in them. But the defense is still good enough to win you some games no matter what. So really all they need Zach Wilson to do is go out and be a game manager. The problem is they just didn't ask him to do that this game. They asked him to go out and try to beat the Dallas Cowboys, and that's just not who Zach Wilson is. He's not that guy. Maybe he will be one day. I doubt it. But as of right now, he's not going out and beating the Dallas Cowboys. You lean on Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in those situations. Yeah, Brees Hall should have 25 carries. Um, and another uh, Griffin, NFC... Griffin wanted to give us a shout-out because yeah. our Micah Parsons Defensive Player of the Year takes are looking very good. I stand by what I said last episode, though. This defensive unit is just so good. I think it might be hard for them to you know, pick him as a standout. But Micah Parsons... Very good at football. Dakota still sucks, though. Another NFC Beast team getting a win, Josh. The, the Sam Howell era has officially begun in Washington. Howell! 35-33, they beat the Broncos. Josh, and here we'll speed up to the, to the very end of the game. Miracle throw at the end of regulation was incredible. Tipped five times, caught in the end zone but for the for the Denver Broncos from Russell Wilson. But we've all been watching football long enough to know that that two-point conversion was not going to work, especially with Russell Wilson throwing the ball. P.I. or not. I don't, I don't. I honestly don't don't care. I I, I get the it was pi, but it, it doesn't matter. Russell Wilson in that situation throwing the ball for a two point conversion. After that kind of throw, after being tipped and caught, and they they tie the game. It's it not being caught. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this it wasn't the greatest of uh, greatest of play calls. Wasn't the greatest of moves. You know, I. 
this game was a... I think every game except for two hit the over, by the way, this weekend, mm -hmm. uh, at least on Sunday. So 35 points from Washington is just wild. I mean, I know that they love Sam Howell because they haven't seen those numbers in a long time. Uh, Brian Robinson, after getting shot in the butt last year, getting 87 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Terry McLaurin, looking like a beast. I don't like Jahan Dotson's usage, three catches, 22 yards. Jahan Dotson knows how to get down the field. Let's air the ball out to him a little bit and see what we can make happen. Sam Howell's got an arm. Let's let him throw it to Dotson a little bit. Um, but overall, very impressed with Sam Howell. I mean, just a, so, a great performance, gutty performance. So I said that, you know, the Red Wolves, you know, the Red Wolves are 2-0 and now. So at, at what point, you know, how good does Sam Howell have to be before they change the name from the Commanders to the Red Wolves? Well, definitely has to get a playoff appearance. You think probably well, a playoff win? What if they did that? What if we got a playoff win and they changed the name? I mean, it's very possible. New ownership, they need a new brand. Awesome. <laughs> um, awesome. I will point out there's a guy that plays for the Broncos who went to OU, Kyler. Hey, shout out him. Where'd he go? Who is it? Marvin Mims Jr. Yeah, I knew that. Two catches, one touchdown, 113 yards. Looked very shifty for the for the rookie coming in. I mean, outplayed, did. you know, like the likes of Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton, stuff. five catches for 66 yards. So Marvin Mims getting what. a little bit of work in in those, uh, you know, he's not on the field very much. I think it was like seven snaps, two catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. A way to make the most of an opportunity, young fella. Yep. That's on the coaching staff for not having him out there more. Uh, I will Dolphins. also say I don't think that the I don't think the Broncos are fixed. I don't think Sean Payton fixed the offense no. for the Broncos. Oh, no. I know they scored thirty three, but I think that there are real problems with this offense. I don't have a lot of faith in their ability to score the ball. No, they're real. They're really bad. And like all that bullshit that he was talking about with with you know you know stop kissing babies and doing all this. It's like hey, I've kind of got to like I'm not very good at football. Like I've got to be pretty political here, Sean. Like I'm not, the whole football thing's over. <laughs> yeah, I've got to make sure people like me. <laughs> I'm running for office in two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, talking about somebody who's going to be running for office in two years. That's Mac Jones. Uh, he probably should be anyways. Um, an all-time petty coaching performance here from Mike McDaniel and Bill Belichick. Josh, the Dolphins end up winning this game 24-17. Uh, these two were at it. I mean, just playing chess with each other all game long. Tua now 5-0 and as a starter against New England. Does that mean anything, mean anything to you? No. Okay. Um, what does mean something to me is how petty both of these coaches were during the game. Did you see Bill Belichick throw the challenge flag down? <laughs> Bro, it's because it was it, they called a first down, and, and Mike McDaniel was like, ah, go ahead and bring the chains out and spot it. And they brought the chains out, and, they, and both, it, was the, it was short by maybe that much. And they were in a play and got stopped. But Bill Belichick was so pissed. Bro, that was short by like eight inches. Oh, I'm thinking of a different short, of a different thing then. Oh, no. <laughs> you were, I mean, you were. Oh, I got, I got the joke. Ah, yeah, highbrow, yeah. highbrow high content over here. Uh, you can't McCorkle, relate on this side. <laughs> McCorkle Jones, 42 passes this week. They're just asking this man to throw the ball over and over and over. Uh, 231 yards, one touchdown, one interception. 
I didn't think either team looked great in this game. Raheem no. Mostert, 31 years old, old man, just getting all the work done. Back-to-back games with like 20-plus fantasy points. I mean, he gets hurt every year, so I don't think that this is sustainable for him. You got to start letting, you know, Devin Akane and Ahmed come in and get some of these touches. Well, but yeah. in the meantime, he's been fantastic. And coming on late, Akane really did show show uh, what he can do. But I mean, Josh, the the Pats they wanted to. I mean, they wanted to avoid these big gainers throughout throughout the games. They wanted to avoid these you know long touchdowns to Waddle and and to Hill. They kept everything in the middle of the field defensively. Tua kind of picked up a part, to be honest. Tua may be one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, he hits. Do you disagree with that? Jesus. Do you disagree with that? I, I don't know. I I just kind of zoned out after you just started ranting about Tua again. Bro, Jalen Waddle. I mean, again, have you ever heard a, the phrase large... "stop trying to make fetch happen"? Bro, this is Tua just, is fetch. Tua is the real deal. But Cole Strange, I, Mac, I wish I wish Griffin was here because I need to know what the updated like running tally is for. Tyree Kills like projection, you know, after week one, Griffin was hype. You know, he's Tyree Kills on pace for three thousand four hundred yards. He had forty yards this week. I bet that dropped uh, back down into the two thousands at least. Yeah, probably. Uh, Mac had his chances in this game, Josh. Uh, they the the Pats had a timely pick, um, or maybe it was a turnover. Uh, no, it was a pick, wasn't it? It was a time, it was a pick um, late yep. in the fourth quarter. Um, Mac had his chances in this game, but he is, he is not that guy, pal. Um, Cole Strange, that was the best play he's had as a Patriot. He was drafted in the first round, by the way. That was the best play he's had as a Patriot, and it still didn't count for anything. Congrats, Pats fans. The are, are you talking? I don't know what play you're talking about. The 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 fumble where he recovered it and it oh. was short. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, also one of the coolest things I've seen is when Bill sent that defender in motion and timed the snap count perfectly because it was at one second on the clock and just jumped it and got immediately in the backfield. That was awesome to see. And the the commentators were commentating on like, "Have you ever seen that? Like, I've never seen that." And it's like, well, "You never play Madden. I do that every single game." <laughs> That was kind of not uh, normal. Coaches are not doing that. That was a boomer take from them, though. I think it was Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth up in the booth. Um, no, it was uh, it was uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance because it was uh, wasn't it? No, it was, no, it was Sunday Night Football. That was Sunday Night Football. So that was Chris Collinsworth and Tirico. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I think that's everything, isn't it? We covered a lot of football games. Covered a lot of football content today. Uh, Griffin was already talking to me about the NBA. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm focused on football right now. I know we got NBA coming up, but I'm just, I'm, I'm fully. I'm really hyped for the Thunder. I'm super hyped for the Thunder, but I, not enough that I can be paying attention to any type of Thunder headline. Did you know uh, MLB playoffs are coming up pretty soon? I saw that like the AL wild card or like the wild card matchups are set, but like I have no idea when it starts and like the schedule on ESPN isn't clear about it. It's yeah, I don't know. They need to do a better typical, typical MLB stuff, making it way too complicated. Yeah, let's just simplify it a little bit, let everything be okay. Uh, Kyle, this is a great episode, a fun (laughs) one, brother. A lot of NFL going on. Can't wait till Thursday so we can preview 
uh, the entire weekend slate. I know that our BYB parlay smacked the Monday Night Football. We did not have as much luck with, but that one doesn't matter as much as the the weekly BYB parlay. So our locks. I'll give a quick update on that before we get out of here. Uh, you know, just for you know, just because I can. Griffin sitting at one and one. Kyler sitting at two and zero. Oh. Josh I mean, sitting at two and zero. Oh. So, Kyler, you and I, you know, just holding the podcast down while Griffin's holding us back. And that's the thing. If Governor State would pass this law, Josh, I would become a billionaire, which is crazy. And I ran into Mayo, and Mayo actually DM me because God can say this because it's my platform. I get to say this. Mayo, Mayo DM me said he covered a five leg parlay the other day. Just DM me out of nowhere. Shut up, Mayo. Which Mayo? Uh, our Mayo covers a spread. <laughs> That's Patty Mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, so well, th- this whole time I've been talking about a different Mayo. No, but I'm just saying though. This I was I was bringing this up out of nowhere. How how do we know two Mayos? That's wild. Well, you remember the Mayo we met at the boxing? Well, event. I know I know who Patty Mayonnaise is, but it's I I didn't even think about both of them being Mayo until right now. That's Mayo, bro. He covers the spread. All right, we got to get out of here before we start going down rabbit holes. Kyler, fantastic episode. Love talking A 